We are all connected. So join me as I talk to like-minded people about topics that are appropriate to the current times we are living in. My name is Lerato Shabalala and this is Relevant. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Relevant with me, Lerato Shabalala. I am so happy about today. I'm happy but I'm mad at my guest because he has gotten to go away. So I'm like, I'm like in conflict. Um, remember you can go to my YouTube channel to get um, this podcast or you can also get the audio version we're available on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Iona, look, we're on everywhere. And um, also to just interact with me and see other things that I'm doing, go to my website, leratoshabalala.com. So my guest today, like I love traveling, but my guest today is like, <laughs> his travel game is sick. <laughs> Also, also, he's one of uh, my, my good friends. I will not lie to you. He is my friend to the point where at the beginning of lockdown, uh, we were kind of checking up on each other. And I think you should, you should do the same as you continue. He's a marketer. He's a uh, traveler. He's a, a podcaster. He's a bearded man. He's a husband. He's a friend. Um, and just one of the most amazing people I've had the pleasure of meeting and calling a friend of mine, Rondell Holder. Friend, how are you? <laughs> I'm well. How are you doing? I am good and I'm mad at you. <laughs> Don't be mad. Listen, you know what it is. We were in lockdown the same time, okay? I had to get away a little bit, just a little bit. So you went away. You're one of the first people. So R- Rondell is in New York, everybody. So um, New-, New York is like my second home. Rondell uh, loves Joe Burke the way I love New York. So oh my God. <laughs> we like to. No, no, no. Listen, love Joe Burke, okay? Love. I love, love, love. love. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where Rondell has sort of brought friends over, and with or without him, we will take people over, and he will say to me, look, this friend of mine is coming through. Can you take care of them? And we do the same. And I think it's great to show people your city. So the first thing is that I want to ask you, friend, is traveling under... COVID-19. So oh <laughs> what is that like? Like, what was that like? Because you just came back from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was, was it? a very different experience. You know, so I'm, you know, I'm used to just booking something, getting on a plane and going, you know, that was my life. There was a point, speaking of my love of Joe Berg, there was a point where I came two times in one month. Do you remember that time? <laughs> exactly. I remember. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'll be back in two weeks. So I'll see you again. <laughs> I thought you and were everyone, joking. He was like, yeah, I'll be back. I was like, no, I'll be back in two weeks. I'll be back. And you were back. Yeah, I was back. I was back. And that, you know, that used to be my life. I used to be a super jet setter on a plane, you know, all the time, whether for work or for fun. Um, you know, I just love traveling and seeing the world and being in different places. But, um, you know, things are very different now. So you can't just book and go somewhere. You know, every country has their own limitations and guidelines when you're coming in. Um, you know, some require you to quarantine, some don't. Some require COVID tests, some don't. There are two different types of COVID tests. So you really have to do your research. For Jamaica specifically, yeah. um, they require a negative PCR lab test within 10 days. Okay. And then you have to upload your negative test to their um, authorization site and then get an approval from them. And you have to have that before you even get on the plane. And then when you get on the plane, um, I mean, when you get to Jamaica, you know, there's a bunch of protocol, there's 
temperature check as soon as you land, there's a health inspection as soon as you land, and then you have to now stay within certain regions of Jamaica. So that's, this is like phase one of their uh, reopening to tourists. So you can sort of travel around the board, around the coastline of Jamaica, but not really like inland, like Kingston, which is a capital you can't really go to right now. But, you know, Negril, Montego Bay, most of the touristy areas, beachy areas you can travel to, but there are limitations and uh, they require you to download a tracking app so they can see exactly where you are at all times. And, you know, if you've been in contact with anyone, you know, who's had COVID or anything like that. So it's, it's a totally different world. You know, it's not the same. It's not just the free experience of just going and as quickly as you want to and anywhere you want to, but you know, it was still absolutely worth it. Look, I mean, I think both you and I, the one thing that we agree on is that holidays are worth it. They are worth the money. <laughs> they are worth the hassles. They are worth it. But, um, I want to, and later on, we'll we'll talk about your company, Global Royalty, and but I want to start off with Soul Society 101. Uh, but before yeah. we get there, um, you have worked for different uh, companies from Essence to Revolve, and you are, you've been featured even in the New York Times. But what I love about you, which is wh- where you and I sort of meet each other, um, as friends and as souls, is that we both are aware that traveling is wonderful, but traveling while black requires, um, how do I put it? It requires a little bit more effort. And around 2012 is when you started waking up to, you love traveling. You've been to over 10 African countries. Let me tell you something. That's more than like ordinary Africans have traveled. With <laughs> <laughs> and I well, know, you know, I have, yeah. I have an obsession with Africa. Africa has my heart. You know that already. So yeah, I fell I in love. Yeah, you, you, I think what I love about you is that you understand that just knowing where we come from historically is important. Um, so before we get to Soul Society, before we get to Global World, what, <laughs> what made you realize that traveling while Black is different to traveling normally? And I I put it to you this way, guys, because as Black people, you know, the truth about what it is like and how we are seen. Why was it important to you and why was it important to you to help people who are Black uh, with traveling? And when did you realize, "Mm," was there like a particular trip, I mean, trip that uh, sparked off something where you're like, this is what I should be doing? No, you know, there's no particular time that I remember. What I do recall is I've always wanted, I've always been interested in culture. So my family is from the Caribbean. My family is from Grenada and Jamaica. And so, you know, I've always lived that, uh, I don't want to say dual life because it was one life, but I always lived between being a Black American in New York and being a, a Caribbean person. And, you know, those cultures are different. You know, they're, they're different. There's a lot of similarities, but there are a lot of things that um, make you realize that culture is a really important thing in life and how you navigate different spaces. So that's always been a thing um, of interest for me. And then when I became an adult and wanted to explore and see some of these other cultures, you know, being in New York, we have people from literally every country in the world here. So I've always been like, I've met someone who's from Afghanistan. I've met someone who's you know, from Ghana. I met someone who is from Japan. So I've always been surrounded by all these different cultures and I've always been interested in visiting. So finally, you know, growing up, 
working class family. I didn't have the funds. We didn't have the funds to see the world yes. when I was younger. <laughs> so I got older and got my coinage together. <laughs> Which you need to get people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important to get your coinage together. Um, you know, I said, I'm going to make it a priority. And this is not even to say like, I'm well off or anything like that, but like making it a priority, meaning if you are able to make ends meet and have a little bit more, I'm prioritizing travel over other things that, you know, some, and everyone has their priorities. I also don't shame. Like some people are fashion people. Some people spend in cars, some people spend in partying. I'd rather spend my money traveling. And that's, that's really the number one for me. Like I'll not shop for eight months a year and wear the same thing and I'll be on a plane somewhere. You understand? So, <laughs> so that, that's been me. And so, you know, once I started traveling, I realized, like, I'm Googling, I'm on Google, like, how are Black people treated in this country? Or what do Black people do in this country? And, you know, none of that content was out there. And it became an issue because, you know, all the reviews and all the content out there was from the perspective of rich white people, to yeah. be frank, you know? Yeah. And so I'm like, I hear you and I'm reading this review and it's somewhat helpful, but this is also not speaking to me and what my experience is going to be. Because you saying that this bar or restaurant is great and, you know, the vibe is this, I may go and people may be looking at me like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> right. So, yeah. You know, I started sharing more and people started asking me more. And I think that's the moment that I realized, okay, I need to just put it out there. I had no idea that it was going to become like a thing, like Black travel has become a movement and a massive movement at that global movement. But I just really started sharing because people were asking me. So I was like, let me put this on Instagram, see what happens. And then slowly more and more people started picking it up and, and it, it blossomed. And, you know, I think there are just nuances, right? There are nuances. There's traveling in general, and we all have certain shared experiences. But then there's very specific Black experiences, especially in certain places. No, most definitely. So the first thing I want to start with is a really inane thing, but I want to stop with it because <laughs> is it Grenada or Granada? Like, what is it? It's Grenada. 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 So Grenada, Grenada, Grenada is a city in Spain, but the country in the Caribbean is Grenada. Grenada, you see. And they're spelled the same way, so it gets, it gets very confusing. Yeah. No, I was just I was wondering, like, like how do you, because I think people always wonder, like, how do I say it? Okay, okay, so now yeah. you know it's Grenada, people. Yeah. So, look, I think that the, the, the most difficult thing about us as Black people is that we save for many things. We save for funeral plans. Black people, wherever they are, Grenada, Jogo, Brooklyn, we save for dying. We are, our entire lives are about survival, very little enjoyment, and everything is about because we come from a place of lack, we want to keep everything. So when you have money yeah. and you, are tra you travel, it's seen as a luxury, right? But we are the same culture where we find liquor stores everywhere. We'll pay a lot of money for expensive labels, for expensive booze. And I think the idea of traveling, we now realize how important it is, especially with COVID-19 and us not having to go anywhere. And I think I would encourage all our people, wherever our people are from, to really travel because then you get to see the expansiveness of the universe, the expansiveness and the, the beauty of the energy of 
of of where we live and how we live and our commonality. I remember yeah. we were in Soweto a couple of years ago and you and, and Tita were following our conversation. You understood what we were saying, even though we're saying yeah. it in, in Zulu. And it is because of our commonality and the things that bring us together. Yeah. So I, I want you guys to look at how my conversation with Rondell is going. It's not that you need to have money to travel. We will all spend money on expensive bags, but we won't spend money on a memory that will never leave you. So I don't think neither Rondell nor myself are saying we need to have, you know, uh, six digits, uh, you know, on your six zeros on your bank account. Right. We're saying if you have money, save it, go somewhere. So yeah. before we speak about soul society, what are some of the things at the beginning that you learned about traveling while black that you needed to share? I have my own like restaurants and how you're treated, but what are the, some of the things that you learned about traveling while black? I think, um, <laughs> I think realizing that people don't expect us in certain spaces and to be ready for that reaction, you know, it, that was probably my number one wow factor in traveling while black. It's just like, oh, I didn't expect to see you or what are you, why not? Why not? You know, that was, that was my question, why not? I'm a human being just like everyone else. Why can't I be here? Exactly. And, and I think, um, you know, I, I, I have experienced, you know, a lot of people's fear is like racism. I haven't experienced like the really overt, like no one's ever tried to, fight me because I was black or anything like that. I have gotten weird looks. I have gotten, you know, a comment here or there. Um, I can think of one in, in Iceland where a woman was like, I'm uncomfortable sitting next to him. And I was like, well, you can, you can move because I'm not moving yet. <laughs> or in, in, uh, in China where, you know, they're like staring at you and like, you know, wanting to touch hair and all those things. So those things happen. And, you know, it's, it's just worth having that conversation and dialogue so that you're prepared. And, and that's not to say it happens everywhere. These are, you know, one-off situations that happen. A vast majority of my travel experience is just amazing, beautiful experiences. But again, there are some very specific <laughs> Black experiences that you have sometimes when traveling. And sometimes you have it in your own country. I mean, you and I have had a, uh, we, we both love Cape Town. We think it's beautiful. But the lack of Black people. Listen. I was just talking about it the other day. I like, saw on your Instagram, I saw. I was like, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I've, I've seen some beautiful places. And Cape Town is probably, in oh. terms of aesthetic, is top three, if yes. not number one. Yes. Beautiful. beautiful places I've ever seen. But, you know, I just could not get over the fact that I was in Africa <laughs> and was the minority in this city. I just, could, I just could not, I will never be able to wrap my mind around that. Like, I'm going to beaches, I'm going to restaurants, I'm in the hotel, and I'm like, 80% of people are white. This is exactly. insane. So exactly. for that reason, you know, I, I struggle with, I, I love South Africa as a whole. You know, I've been to Durban, Cape Town, Joburg. Josie has my heart because it's, it's like the, the pulse. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like how you love New York. It's that energy. You just yes. feel it. <laughs> I get the and I'm like, yes. yes. People are like, yeah. I can have chicken. I can feel like I'm in the Caribbean. But yes. And, and Doba gives you the same thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and Cape Town. And I don't, think, I don't think people give Joe Berg enough credit. You know, there's so much 
negativity that you hear when you hear of traveling Joburg, even with, you know, my business where I curate trips to Africa and people want to go to South Africa. I'm like, you have to go to Johannesburg. They're like, really? I heard this. I heard that. I'm like, no, you have to go to Johannesburg. You have not gone to South Africa unless you've gone there. And these are the things that you're going to do. And they're like, oh, this sounds great. And I'm like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And we've had some amazing, amazing times here. So oh the reason why oh I, I want to end with, <laughs> I know we've had some cracks, like, oh my God. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, like I said, me and Rondell are friends. So trying to get our conversation, it's going to be something else. The reason why I want to end with uh, Global Royalties, because I, I, I think what you're doing to bring people here and you are like, as usual, you're a pathfinder, Rondell. You're able to see where the world is going, you know, like before the black kings of the world, before um, Diddy has produced an album with Burna Boy, you already knew, you know what I mean? You were just like, there's something yeah. like a magic yeah. here. So yes. I think that's what I want to end with. So you go on these travels. How do you begin to think of Soul Society 101? When does it begin to become, whether you call it a side hustle or... Uh, a second uh, uh, income revenue stream. Yeah. When does it stop becoming a um, shitting all over your Instagram with my amazing <laughs> <laughs> travel photography to like, okay, there's, there's something here and I could do something with this. Yeah, I think, you know, so as I started it, you know, black travel became a thing and black people were more interested in travel. So the numbers just started to increase. And with that, Um, growth, you know, I realized that a lot of brands were like, they have no idea how to speak to black people. So that's in in terms of the business of travel, that's really where it lacks the most and where I can come in and help is that a lot of, you know, airlines, tourism boards, um, hotels, you know, all their ads are blonde white people walking the beach and looking happy. And, you know, they don't, they don't even know that this audience exists. Black people spend $63 $63 billion on travel. Oh. That, no, that's, that's Black Americans specifically. That's not even Black wow. people in the world. That's Black Americans specifically. $63 billion US dollars. So, you know, it's just such an untapped market. And, you know, I, I just think not that you should do the outreach because you're trying to get our dollars, but because we're travelers, because we like the same experiences, because we're worth it. And you know what? We're the most loyal customers. So when we fall in love with somewhere, we're telling 10 people, we're telling 20 people, and we're making it cool. That's the other thing that people don't exactly. know. It's like, we make your spot cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, I think, and I think that making, I think black, black people are curators, we're tastemakers, we're able Naturally. to be like, Naturally. you know, this is the place. I mean, the moment uh, we arrived at Mabwaneng, you were like, this is the spot. Like, this is it. it. But- it. I felt it. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm, I'm, I, actually, I got this from um, the, the market. I forgot the name of the market. The guy's name is uh, I Run Josie or We Run Josie. Oh, yeah, We Run Josie, my- yes. Um, in in um, or same place where they have Matosa. Oh. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, you know, I just, I got to certain neighborhoods and I just felt the energy and I'm like, this, this is it. Like, this is the pulse. This is the feeling. And, and, you know, that's why it's so important for me to expose people to certain experiences because the idea, the general idea in America of what Africa was, is just so different from my experiences. You know, I've been to, I think now it's 
either 12 or 14 countries in Africa. And I, I'm never not blown away. You know, I'm always just in awe of like the things that are unheard, the history that's not taught, the people that are, oh, I've never been in a country in Africa and never been like, I've, it's always been welcome home. Thank welcome, you. brother. I'm so happy you're here. I've never had anything else. And so I just want people to, to have that experience. So, so then you start this travel, and I'm sure like most people, including a lot of South Africans, we want to go to Europe, you know, we want to go to South America. And then at some point, all of us, myself included, are like, mm, this is not, I, this is not the world. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You cannot say you've seen the world and you haven't been to certain places around. So when does the thought of coming to the continent, to the motherland, start connecting with you? And where was the first place you went to? No, the first, the first trip was the trip that I first met you. That was my first trip in Africa. So <laughs> my first trip to Johannesburg was in 20... years ago? Five, 15, something like that. Yeah, 20, like five, six years ago. Yeah, something like that. And I just... I was just blown away. I was just blown away by the experience, by just, there's so many common ties between New York and Joburg in terms of like the arts and the culture and the energy and the vibes and the people and the fashion and the food and the brunches and the day parties and all of it. I was just like, oh, I was like, oh my God, this is the best place on earth. And then, and then we went to Cape Town and I was like, this is just drop dead gorgeous. You know, like the mountains and the beaches and the, Senior, it, it was just, I was like, I'm obsessed with this place. And so that was my intro into Africa. And, you know, it was, it was the commonalities, but it was also the differences. It was the fact that yes. you know, we were speaking to you guys and, and, you know, it's like Zulu and Kosa and all these different things. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm like, yes, this is it. This is it. So it, it, I don't know. I still get excited every time I think about South Africa, Africa in general. Yeah. Um, and, and to your point that you were making earlier, you know, I, I did see it early. I was like, there's something here, and I don't know exactly what it is yet, but there's something here about connecting us. And, and I don't know, Jadena, I don't know if you listened to his last album, but he has an interlude where he's talking about creating the global highway, the, like a virtual highway between, you know, the Americas and Africa. And it's really real. Like right now, I think, that was four or five years ago when I first came. But right now, I can see it happening, like yeah. literally through music, through fashion, through it's just happening. And I love to see it. And I think it's wonderful for those of us who've always felt that way, but felt like we're the anomaly where we just like, oh, I don't know, do other people. I mean, my cousin yeah. was at New York Fashion Week this week, virtually. And yeah. that's why I wanted I went to, to their, I actually went to their show last year oh. in person. Oh my God, it was amazing. Amazing. I love the growth that they're having. I know. It's incredible. Yeah. Like, like, and, and, and you, you get to see, and, and, and I remember when friends of ours, you know, we, we went to buy the, the stuff at Makosa in Newtown, and it was before, it was before, before the, the bigness. It was just like, we, we all knew there was something really yeah. um, magical. So then you go okay, back. That's where this is from. Shops at Newtown Junction. That's yeah, where Newtown I got Junction. it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So then you get back and you say to people, I've just had this amazing trip. Did you get the reactions that I got when I went to Nigeria and I came back? People are like, why did you go to Nigeria on holiday? 
who does that? And did that make you, because since then you've been to, to Ghana, you've been to Egypt. And I mean, like, as you said, 12, 14 countries since that trip and because of that trip. So when you came back, did you get that like, uh, no? And did that spur you on to be like, actually, I need to see more places? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of people that, you know, again, there's a negative stigma on, of the, the continent as a whole around the world that's been perpetuated for decades, right? So naturally, there are some people who even when they knew I was going, they were like, well, be safe and do this and do that. And, you know, I, you know, I think certain people were concerned my entire time. And then when I came back super excited, I, I was I obviously met with some confused faces like, really? <laughs> Okay. interesting that you liked it <laughs> and you know it did it did make it made me want to experience more of the continent and to come back to south africa obviously i've been back i think two three times since then but yeah and um but also explore more of the continent to see because also the diversity on the continent is something that people don't talk about enough like my experience in south africa is completely different from ghana completely yeah. different from egypt completely different from Kenya. So it's just, and then when I went to the Seychelles, completely different experience in in terms of like the island um, life in Africa. So that's the other thing. It's like, I want to see it all now. You know, I want to experience it all and and know all the local customs and traditions and experiences and music. That's the other thing. Everyone thinks that all of Africa is Afrobeats. I'm like, there's so much to explore, so much to learn. Not to mention the history, you know, I've learned so many things that was never taught in all of my years of school, including college, never taught about so much of the African history that I've learned from being on the continent. Right. I think for me, that's one of the biggest travesties is the the lack of the history. Um, Because I think as black people, wherever we are, we need to know about ourselves. We need to know, (laughs) you know, the thing is, Black people are very comfortable in Africa. Let me just start there. We were fine until the Portuguese and the Spanish and the Romans came here and then they decided. So we were really happy with the way life was. But I think that what we have learned is we need to go back and find out who we were before. Yes. Which for me is, I think is a great segue into global royalty because you're not just only planning trips for people to come here. Um, you you really and you've done that for yourself as well to um, sort of ch- check your lineage and see where you come from. Obviously, secretly, I was hoping you would be Zulu, so we'd give you. Well, a- listen, secretly, I'm still claiming it. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what they say. Exactly. I'm still claiming at least part Zulu. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> that that is a that is you know it is what it is. You are one of us. So like yeah. what yeah. so then tell me about the concept of global royalty, where that started, how it came to life, and what it has done um, for you. Yeah, so global royalty was a natural extension from Soul Society 101. So with Soul Society 101, it was really about creating content, you know, photography, articles, podcasts. Um, so it was really just getting the, the the messaging across of travel experiences around the world. And, um, you know, like I said, when I first came to Africa, that first trip to South Africa in like 2014, 2015, something like that, I was like, oh, no, no, no. Every, that was all cute, like the UK and the 
Paris and the Japan. That was nice. You know, I have, I've had some amazing experiences and I continue to travel the world. It's not like I'm only traveling to Africa, but there's something even spiritual, I would say, for a Black person from the diaspora to visit Africa. It is something very, very, very different. And, you know, I said, how, I, I'm going to continue to promote traveling the world, but if I'm talking to Black people specifically, I have to do all the work that I can to get them here to have this experience. So whether that's curating trips for them or hosting group trips, I was supposed to have uh, three group trips this year, but obviously COVID, so that all got canceled. But, um, you know, any way I can to get people to the continent and give them the best experience possible. Um, so that's the goal of Global Royalty. It really is for Black people who want to um, see Africa, experience Africa. And I, you know, I help you. It, whether you have an idea of where you want to go or you just have an idea of the experiences, because that's the other thing. There's not a lot of information. There's not enough information, I should say, out there about the opportunities that you have when visiting the continent. So, you know, when I've been, especially some of the smaller countries, like when I've been to Togo and Benin, it was like impossible for an English speaking American to find out what to do in advance, how to plan it out. So I'm really, once I've done that work, it's easier for me to help other people have great experiences. So that's really what it's about is bridging the gap, getting black people in the diaspora to Africa, using black local vendors anytime possible, um, you know, tour guides and just ambassadors for different cities and countries and Black-owned, locally, African-owned restaurants and things like that, just to give the most authentic experience, um, contribute to the economy of the local people, and also giving the diaspora the best experience possible so that they can have the rush that I have when I visit and go back and tell 20 people, like, you have to go. You know, that's how it is. It's like, you take your first trip and then you're the expert. I'm like, oh, yeah, South Africa. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you have to go. I don't know why you haven't been. Exactly. What? It's like neighborhood goods market. Yeah, I go every Saturday. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah, you have to see exactly. it. Exactly. And that's what travel does. Like, what, what I loved is that when we went to Soweto, and I think a lot of Black South Africans have this sort of awkwardness about Soweto because it was a space that was built like the projects in the States to be concentration camps for Black people. Yeah. And what we have managed to do is to thrive within a very sort of hostile environment. And you said something to me that I'll never forget. Uh, we were sitting at Sakumsi's and you said, you have no idea how much this reminds you, reminds, you said, you have no idea how much this reminds me of Grenada. And mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine the, the, the you sitting here and feeling like you were home. But then yeah. I could also imagine it. It's the differences and similarities that you speak about. And it made me want to go, shit, that's where I need to go. You know, and it was something that I was planning for this year, but COVID. Yeah. Um, and so when you book with, uh, it's uh, we are uh, globalroyalty.com, by the way. Um, when you, somebody comes to you, what should they expect? What are they getting? Because we know, and I think you mentioned this on the website as well, that normal travel agents, you know, they push you towards a particular place, a particular hotel, particular experiences. And that's not always what people are looking for. So when I am from Chicago or Atlanta and I am wanting to book with you, what are you promising me that I won't get from another agent? 
Yeah, it's really a customized experience. So usually when you go to a travel agent, they get certain commissions for booking people at certain places. So if they know I'm going to get 40% commission if I book them at this hotel or this tourism agency is going to give me a check if I get them to go to this country, they're obviously going to push those countries. I don't, I don't work off of commission with any vendors that I work with. So really my goal is to give you the customized experience that's what you're going to enjoy. So like I said, there, there's so many diverse experiences around the continent. So for me, I really want to know what type of traveler are you? You know, are you a luxury traveler? Are you a backpack traveler? Are you someone who loves to be at the beach all day? Are you someone who is going to thrive in a safari? Yeah. Um, you know, are you a city person? Like, are you the type of person that likes to wake up and go to brunch and a day party and shop? And that's when you feel like you've had a trip, you know? So that's really the first step when people reach out. It's like, do you know where you want to go? If not, let me help you find what the right trip is going to be for you based on what type of traveler you are. And then, um, you know, I curate the experience from there. So as detailed as laying out restaurants that I think you'll like, um, hotels, bars, sites, and um, it's really the full, it's like a full service experience for your trip to Africa. Oh, I, I think that's so incredible. The fact that you are able to do that because it is expensive for Africans to travel within Africa. I mean, I think that's why people should know it's ridiculous. It's yeah. easier for Rondell to come from the States here than for me to South Africa to book a trip to Zanzibar. It's just like, I don't even understand why it's like that. You know, I, I just it's don't, insane. I don't get it. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Um, and I think, you know, I, I do love though that I'm seeing more Africans on the continent getting around though. Like as the years progress, I think, Everyone's like, nah, I'm going where I want to go. I'm going to figure it out. You know, there, there are luckily ways of making it more affordable as time progresses and people find different ways of getting around in different places to stay, like Airbnbs and, and home away and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, overall, I just think, you know, the continent is something very special and, and the time is now. And I think everyone is acknowledging it. In, in every form and fashion, everyone's acknowledging it. Everywhere. In music. I mean, I haven't stopped talking about Black is King for exactly that same reason. Oh my, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I can't stop, <laughs> I keep trying. I'm like, okay, don't listen to it, don't watch it. But the, the, the scenes at the Saxon, at the Madiba Suite, the, yep. oh, the, yep. the crows in Wazulu Natal. Just, yep. You just sit there and you think, oh my God, from Nigeria to Kenya to you're just like, yep. and also yep. you say the, the diversity of, of the and the bridges we can build because and that's I, really, exactly. I think, you know, I, I applaud Beyonce because a lot of times artists get, get to a certain level and it's like, okay, I'm going to do what I know is going to sell or what's going to continue to build my star power. And she did the reverse. She said, I got to a certain level and now I'm going to do what the hell I want I to want do. To do. <laughs> and so it's, a, it's a huge risk. Yeah. Um, artists like Beyonce, who was a, for a long time, a very specific type of artist. It was like her music was marketed to a very specific group of people, um, which is like Southern Black American mostly. I'm Black American in general, American in general. But yes. if you really want to get to the root of it, Southern Black America was like the core yeah. of her audience. So it's a, a huge risk to say, I'm going to do this entire project, have a lot of artists that if you're not into, you know, global culture, you may not have heard of. 
and give you these visuals that may make you confuse. Like you're, I'm sure for I'm familiar with a lot of what I saw because of my travels, but I know had I not seen the world, I'd have been like, what is going on here? And there's a lot of cultural moments like that. Like Black Panther was another one where it's like, it's a risk. You don't know how this is going to go, but it's, it's becoming a movement of the time. And, and as all of these different projects come out and Burner Boy gets bigger and, and you know, it's Tiwa Savage and everybody's just like massive and the clothes is, is you know, the clothing coming out of Africa is just blowing up and, mm. you know, it's, it's just becoming a, a huge movement. And then what I hope though, is that it doesn't die out like right a down. Exactly. Because for a long time, a very long time, maybe centuries maybe, Africa has been, you know, raped and, and taken advantage of and, mm-hmm. and overshadowed and lied about and just all these things. And so I don't want it to be a thing where in 10 years it's like, oh yeah, you remember that time when everyone cared about Africa? And like I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. And I know that I've had conversations with some Africans who are concerned about that and rightfully so. Like everyone's just riding this wave right now, but you know, as long as we continue to do the work to bridge the gap, highlight the culture in the best way possible. I mean, the people on the ground on the continent have been killing it forever. So, you know, it's just, it's just, it's time. It's exactly. long over. And bringing everybody else on, on the ride. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bringing everybody else to, to, to kind of see what yeah. the rest of us really have always, always known. I think yes. the reason why I'm excited about all these things that are happening right now is because representation, friend, does matter. Uh, representation mm-hmm. when you see yourself when you see where you come from and you don't see yourself the way other people see you you really yes. see yourself in your truest form you're like look at my people you know yes. um, just watching your trip last year in Ghana and you know it was the year of the return South Africans were oh mad my oh like, my god can I, can I talk about for a second yes so Ghana I there are two countries in Africa that really t- blew me away. It's South Africa and Ghana. Ghana was like, <clears throat> I, they, it was just an embrace like I've never, oh. for someone from someone from the US, let me backtrack. To go back to your point, yes, it's important for us Black people in the US, especially those of us who don't have those direct ties, like, not like you're Black in America, but you know, you, you have family on the continent. No, like yeah. people like me who like, I can go to the Caribbean, but beyond that, there's no connection. I think it's a disservice to not do the work to make that connection. You do the work to rebuild and and bridge that gap because, you know, growing up, we're taught Black history starting from slavery. That's literally in school where we learn from Black history. We didn't learn about any kings and queens. We didn't learn about any empires. We didn't learn about, you know, the, the architects and the economists and the Mansa Musa. We didn't learn about any of that, any. And so, you know, it's only when you do the work yourself, you do the research yourself, you travel yourself, that you get to the root of it and learn, like, we're so much bigger than slavery. Black people are so much bigger than that moment and beyond. There's so much before that and so much that has happened since then that we just haven't been privy to that makes us more powerful. And I walk with a new energy and in a new light knowing what what who I really am based on my experiences. I'm like, no, no, no. These are my people. And my people are killing it. Okay. Exactly. Been, 
been killing it. And, and you just you just have a different a different confidence in who you are based on those experiences. I think, you know, being black in America is a tough thing, especially nowadays. Like with like, they're just killing black people for no reason. So you have to sort of build up your armor to keep yourself, um, one, to keep your joy, but also just to keep yourself able to move on and press on as the days continue, you know, because you can look at the news and see like, okay, they shot someone in this city. They shot someone in that city. The cops, you know, stood on the neck of someone here. The cops put someone in a headlock there. And it's like, if you constantly hear those stories and have nothing to balance that and nothing to say we're so much greater than that and we're so much bigger than that. And all you know is that and slavery. It's like, how are you? Even if you don't know consciously, you're subconsciously, having a, a lesser thought of yourself than you should. And, you know, it's, I went on a tangent. I don't even know where this started, but I just, <laughs> oh, I remember Ghana. So Ghana, yes. <laughs> Ghana, I, I had to say that. So Ghana really was an amazing experience. They really welcomed people, black people um, from the diaspora to come back for the year of return. And, you know, just learning about, the the culture the history of the people like i said i never knew all the things that i knew before visiting ghana and i had a full adoption ceremony so they gave me a ghanian name barima akwesi chirechue is my ah! ghanian <laughs> yes Kwesi. and so you know and i have you know like i i absolutely call you a friend and all my friends that i made in south africa i now have friends in ghana that i really can lean on and we share experiences and we check in on each other and it's, uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. We're so lucky. I think for all the drawbacks, the internet is, has provided us with the, the benefits have been immeasurable. The, yes, the benefits absolutely. of me, I, I've have never felt, uh, like I, I can't reach you. You know what I mean? Like yep. at yes. the beginning of lockdown, we're like, okay, well, how are you guys doing in Brooklyn? How are you guys doing in Joburg? Oh my God, friend, there's no booze. Oh God, yeah. we can drink, but it's crazy. You know, yeah. and I think uh, the the fact that the black lived experience is even tougher. You know what I mean? We've suffered the most. Um, when you think of Black Lives Matter, for me, it's not like oh, it's a uh, that movement. You know, it's my friend Rondell could literally leave his house, leave his house, and not come back. So yeah. it's not stats. Like for me, it's like real people, people that yeah. I know, and it's just it's really scary. So I guess my last question to you is. Why, it's, and it's two questions in one. Um, why is traveling important for us, particularly as black people, to experience um, the world, okay? Because I think that the way we have been portrayed is very different to the way we truly are. And two, how can we move away from this thing of traveling is expensive? I mean, these are, Black people, we were, my mom was a, a janitor and she wore Pringle. Pringle. I can't yeah. afford Pringle. And as, as Black people, we're happy to a Burberry and, and all these labels to help fill us up. But the moment we say spend on a holiday, go wherever, not even overseas, just go wherever. Just like leave your state, leave your province. It's, we, we just can't do it. So I guess maybe answer the first question, which is why is it important for us to travel and how do we move away from making it 
expensive and just an experience. Yeah, why it's important for us to travel, I think internally, I, I've learned more than I have in all of my formal education from traveling. Yep. Like, not only the history, but also just me as a person. I've learned more about me as a person through my travel experiences. I've learned what makes me the happiest. I've learned what makes me uncomfortable. I learned what makes me excited and get an adrenaline rush. I learned, you know, I learned how to navigate different spaces. And, and these are the things that I think make you who you are and you can't fully have those growths. I think it's like a spiritual growth type of thing. You can't fully have them without certain experiences. So I think internally, that's why we should travel. And then externally, as it relates to other people, it's the point that you made earlier. You know, let us be a proper re representation of Black people around the world because people in the world look at us specific in a specific way because they don't know any better. You know, half of it is perpetuated ignorance and, 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 and all that, but the other half is um, they just don't know. They've never met a Black person or they've never had a conversation with a Black person or they've never seen Black people in certain situations. So if all they have is a certain movie that they saw or a certain show that they watch or a certain music that they heard and they, you know, typecast us as all this one type of person, traveling and letting ourselves be seen and known is another way for us to, to balance that out. Like, there is good and bad to every race of people walking the earth, but I don't think we get our proper representation in media in terms of the good of Black people. And there's so much, you know what I'm saying? So externally, I think that's the reason why we should make an effort to be seen in the world. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of cost, you know, like I said, there are obviously people who, if you cannot make ends meet, you should not travel. And that's, that's a fact. But for those of us who thankfully have been able to work past survival mode, which is, you know, a lot of our parents and grandparents were in survival mode. It was like every single dollar that we get, we have to put towards our family. We have to put towards making ends meet. Thankfully, a lot of us have moved a little bit past that, which means you have disposable income. What you do with that disposable income is at your discretion. But I think a lot of times people say, I can't afford to travel because they've prioritized other things. And it's really that simple. Like once you realize if you do a budget, budgeting is very important in general. If you do a budget and you look at where all your money is going, chances are you'll realize you're spending money in places that aren't as important to you as you think. Like, Again, everyone has their thing. Some people are heavy partiers. Some people, it's clothes. Some people, it's cars. Some people, it's, you know, just people have their different things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But don't say you can't travel. <laughs> if what you really mean is that your preference is spending it on this over here. And, you know, for me, like I said, personally, I've gone years without buying an article of clothing. I've, I drive an older car. Like, I'm fine with that. You know, I... I could have bought a mansion. Uh, no, I couldn't have bought a mansion. Not in Brooklyn. <laughs> Not in Brooklyn. I, <laughs> I could have bought, you know, some house with a lawn and this and that, but I have like a decent sized space to live because, you know, a priority of mine is seeing the world. So you just have to figure out in your life what, what your priorities are and make it happen. And if travel is a priority, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you you can budget and make it happen.
Oh, and, and let me tell you, you will. You will. When you, when you, and the thing about traveling for me is that why I love it is I've learned, like you, a lot of important things about myself, about my instinct, about whether I trust myself or not, or not about arriving at a place and feeling like, oh, it's not safe here, it's safe here. Just, just knowing, just going into, your, into yourself. And I know on Global Royalty, you do it for solo travelers or groups. So it's not like everybody needs to be a group. You can go on your own as well. And Absolutely. It's important to learn about yourself uh, when you yeah. travel. And also, I think, because we take nothing other than our memories when we die, we don't take our houses, our clothes, <laughs> really. What I want to see when I close my eyes and I ascend is like a, a showreel, you know, of yeah. places. So I and can- that, and that's, Yeah, that's yeah. what I really think, to, to add on to that, that's what I think. It's, it's also the mentality, you know, people want instant gratification, right? So if you have, I'm speaking in U.S. dollars. If you have 500 U.S. dollars that's sitting there, you can buy an expensive bag and that's immediate gratification because you can wear that bag right now. Or you can go to two parties that weekend and get bottle service and splash out and you can run your money that way. But when you're planning for travel, typically it's in advance. You're not going to get to see it for a while. It's like an investment in your future. So I think that's another thing is that people want that instant gratification. I think that's going to make them feel good right now. And travel is not necessarily that, but, and it's not necessarily something that you can show off. Like, yes, we can show it off on Instagram, but in person, it's not like you can walk with a photo of, you know, you in South Africa here. So I think that's the other part of it. And, and And that goes back to prioritization. Like, you know, you have to think about not only the enjoyment, but how it makes you better as a person and make that investment in yourself. That's how I look at it, at least. Totally. And I also think that once you have done that, you will realize that that mental holiday, because that's what a holiday does for you. It opens up your mind when you can hear the sea or um, hear the birds and you can have a cocktail. You begin to feel lighter. You can tackle the rest of the 360 odd days that we have because you're like, oh, I remember this experience. I remember this yeah. meal. I remember where I was and how it smelled. They were playing this music and that- Oh my God. So like I can, I can think specifically about us sitting down and you introducing me to the dish called Digga Digga Do and <laughs> falling in love. Like I remember this specifically. We had a glass of rose and we're looking out and we're Parkhurst and I'm like, oh, I've never been to this part. Like these are the things, you understand what I'm saying? Like these are the things that I live for. And, these are and that never leave you. Like, that photo's never leaving me. <laughs> never, ever, ever. That's, that's the show reel I'm talking about. When I can't go anywhere during this lockdown, that's all I've been thinking about. You know, I'm trying to plan a trip now to go to Hermanas for the Whale Festival to see the whales. And those are experiences you bottle that keep you, keep you going. So um, I know your personal handle is uh, uh, King Ron the Dawn on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, but if people want to reach you, book a holiday, um, where can they find you? Like I said, it's uh, weareglobalroyalty.com. But are there any other spaces that people can reach you if they want to talk to you? Yeah, that's really the best way. If you're looking to plan a trip um, around the continent of Africa, it's weareglobalroyalty.com. My personal handle is King Ron the Don, um, because I am a king, a black king. <laughs> and then, um, 
at Soul Society, S-O-U-L Society, is where I share the general travel content. And the travel content is so fun. I've uh, stolen some stuff from Soul Society. <laughs> it goes from like really fun to um, really useful. So it's it's... It's yeah, and you get you get inspiration. Like I've gotten tons of inspiration from seeing other people different places and having experiences that I didn't think existed or that I didn't think I could go to or black people were welcome that. So that's what it's all about. It's really a community of black people who are just interested in seeing the world and hopefully inspired through looking at each other and hearing each other's um experiences. So I haven't been to Ghana yet. You know, I was hoping to go this year, then COVID happened. Yeah. So I'm hoping next year I'll make it happen. I will be hitting you up. Uh, oh my God, you will love it. You will <laughs> love it. Listen, I, I know seeing your trip and everybody else, I'm like, I, that's where I am going. Because we were having the discussion about two years ago and you were like, okay, and you did it faster. I was like, he's going more faster. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember you telling me, you were like, you know, that's one of the places that I have to get to. And it does not disappoint. It does not disappoint. It is, it is a special, there's certain, like every, everywhere, like I said, I've never had an experience in Africa that I didn't love, but South Africa and Ghana really did something to me. Really, really, really like warmed my heart. And I feel like I have a place, I have a place that, that I'm welcome, that I'm fully at home at. So I hope you have the same experience when you go. Listen, you never know. If things are open, maybe I'll be there at the same time. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. You are so amazing. By the way, to all the Zulu uh, ladies who are looking at Rondell, Rondell is a king who is married. He's got a queen. <laughs> Don't slide in the DMs, sisters. Please. Yes, we can, we, can be, we can be friends. We can friends. be platonic friends, but that's, that's it. <laughs> I beg you. Abego, don't say I saw this king. Please, Abego, let's not. <laughs> I like his wife, and she's stylish and, and, and gorgeous, and I love you. Um, Rondell, I just want to thank you for being you. I want to thank you for moving our people forward, for showing us in our beauty and our excellence and and our divineness. And I want you to keep staying safe. Um, keep traveling and um, just keep doing what you're doing. You're a blessing. I love you. I'm, I'm like so happy to call you a friend and I can't wait to see you um, reach heights that even you cannot dream of in your wildest dreams. Thank you for honoring me. Thank and you, friend. You're Thank you, friend. amazing. And keep doing what you're doing. I'm, I'm so proud of you. Every move you make, you know, you're, you're sharing some of the most important conversations and you are a part of Bridging the Gap because if you didn't embrace me the way you did on my first trip to the continent, I wouldn't have had the experience that I had. And, and so all these things that I'm talking about now, really, you can, you can big yourself up for it because you made it so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a warm welcome and, and, and embrace that really, you know, made me and my wife and all my friends feel like we could always come back and, and, and that we have to see more. So thank you again. Oh, you, you are fantastic. I can't wait to host you and teach her again and see you. Whether you guys are coming here or I'm coming to Brooklyn, we're making it happen. I can't of wait. course. Let's do more. Let's do better. This, this year was just kind of helping us regroup. We're about to do major teams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, friend. I love you. Um, love you. And I'll see you soon. Take care. Rondell Holder, everybody. Bye. Bye.